I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that's definitely something that I wrote about too, is that when you tell your story, your real story, and you come out of the closet and you say who you really are and what your values are and what you love to do, you're going to attract the right people where you don't have to hide anymore because the people that you have to hide in front of are not your people. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. Well, hey there, my passion maker. This is Miriam Shulman, your curator of inspiration. And you're listening to episode number 198 of the Inspiration Place podcast. I'm so grateful that you're here. Today, we're talking to a absolute force. This Today's guest is a multiple six-figure queer woman of color. She's also Muslim. And she's sacred rebel, creativity mentor to the star. She's an artist. She was actually an elementary school art teacher. And now she's a sacred business strategist. She's not your average business coach, though. And she supports magical beings to transform their gifts into thriving businesses, integrating creativity and soul. She loves weaving in topics, including artistry, diversity, truth-telling, intuition, magic, and soul alignment. I invited today's guest to the podcast through an introduction, and I'm always being introduced to people. Uh, You know, I have a friend, and she'd be great for your podcast, or he'd be great for your podcast. And this person, I was like, uh, yes, actually, she would be really good for the podcast. And right before we were getting uh, ready to record this for you, I discovered that she is exactly in the same place I am with her book writing process. So we're going to actually dive a lot into that book writing process today. So if you've ever been curious about that, about going behind the scenes to how books are made... I believe me, I learned a lot and I, there's many things I wish I had known ahead of time. So I hope you find that part of our conversation super fun and super interesting. One thing that we talk about during our conversation, or at least that I mentioned, is that I felt like my message has evolved as a result of writing the book. So many times my editor forced me to provide proof of my ideas, to provide research, to back it up, to really clarify what I teach. And all of these, all this research and all this clarity that, that I'm getting, a lot of it is changing the way I teach in my programs inside the Artist Incubator Coaching Program. So my Artist Incubator clients, they always get everything first. I teach them either I have direct lessons where I teach everything to them first. Sometimes I'll just, when we have an uh, Ask Miriam Anything call, I'll say, hey, here's this research I really want you to see right now, even if it's not part of a structured lesson. So they're getting everything first, and I would love to have you in there. There are two pathways for joining the Artist Incubator. 
I have the mastermind track that used to be the only pathway for joining me. And the mastermind track is really where you get the highest access to me. It is a bigger investment. It is for artists who already have a track record for selling and already have a website. So if you're interested in the mastermind track to see if you qualify, go to shulmanart.com forward slash biz as in B-I-Z. But I also have the artist incubator self-study track. Both tracks get amazing results for the artists who go through them. And you have met many artists who have been in the self-study program. So it's not necessarily that the mastermind students get better results. It's just a different experience. It's more like everybody is on a plane. We're all going to Hawaii. Some people are sitting in first class and they really want that experience. The people sitting in coach, they also get to Hawaii. So we're all going to the same destination of sold out artists. And I would love to have you in there. You get all the same training. You get access to life coaching through Sean. That actually is you you get coaching directly from her in a group format. And you do get access to me coaching from me every month. And we do also invite guest coach from time to time, which is been really amazing. We've had Danielle Wow, we're having Tarzan K. So really amazing copywriters have been helping my artists get even better results. I would love to have you in there. So if you're interested in the self-study program and you want to get a taste of what you would learn inside of there, you can get my free ebook and the masterclass. So the masterclass comes with that free ebook to sign up for the masterclass, go to shulmanart.com forward slash sell more art. That's shulmanart.com forward slash sell more art. And now on with the show. All right. So without further ado, please welcome to the inspiration place, Shireen Sun. Well, hello, Shireen. Welcome to the show. Hi, Miriam. I'm so excited to be here with you. Hello to all of our listeners. Can't wait to dive in and get super creative together today. Let me catch our readers up to our little private conversation. Shireen Sun has a book coming out. You want to tell them your book? I'm so excited about it. I didn't know this before I scheduled this interview. Otherwise, I would have asked to read it, but it's not available yet, right? Right. It's not available It's been a very long journey of writing and editing and publishing it. Super proud to say that I am getting traditionally published with Hay House, and it's coming out on my birthday next year, February 21st. Gosh, wow. (laughs) Yes. So it's called Radiant Wild Heart, which is also the name of my business and my brand. And it's all about using, finding your creativity, unleashing your inner artist in the world and using it to make a difference. Oh, by just I, by being your beautiful, magical, amazing self. I'm sure it's going to be re- a ridiculously good book. And all right. So for me, this has been a very long slog. I hate to call it a slog, but it has <laughs> been a very long process. I mean, Say I it. signed my contract l- last June with the publisher. Yeah, it's been longer for me. Um, I signed my contract in 2020, but I had already been working on the book for like two years before that. So you want to talk about long. I wow. And then there was supply chain issues and all the things that happened during the pandemic that- well, they told me that too. But then there's this person who I'm not going to mention the name and she's because she's going to be a guest on the show. And- <laughs> 
somehow she signed her contract last year and it's it's out like how'd that happen like how did she yeah i just skipped the line (laughs) i don't mind the extra time because i have needed all this time to really same get clear on the book i i you might relate to this being wildly creative writing a book is super hard and trying to get our thoughts into a linear format yes because i'm I'm a circular thinker and even when I present on the podcast, the way I like to do it is I drop a bunch of threads and I go into different directions. This is when I'm doing a solo. And then I pick up the threads at the end. You can't do that with a traditional book. They're like, no, that what you're saying doesn't fit with that subhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know if you went through that as Which well. Which was a good exercise. I just finished my edits on Friday. Thank goodness. And I feel like a whole different person after going through this multi-year process. So I actually got my book deal partially through winning a contest for marginalized voices to get there. There was a Hey House did a contest and me and one of my friends, they picked two winners. Both of us won. Her name is Asha Frost. Her book is You Are the Medicine. She's an amazing indigenous medicine woman and her book just came out. So hers came out uh, almost a year before mine. So yeah, I think it also just depends on the book. I needed the time on some level and I was fine with having that extra time. Actually, at first I was not fine. But then after a while, I was like, you know what? The balance between running a business and writing a book. I don't know if you feel this, but how do people do this? I don't know, but I'm glad I did it. (laughs) I don't know. And do you feel like your message has changed as a result of writing the book? Because I definitely have felt that way. It's gotten more clear. I think what I've realized is it's gotten more me. So a lot of the things that I'm now integrated with after writing all of these pages and editing all these pages and telling my story, it's got, I've gotten, I've become more me and I've really shed off, which is what the book is about. It's like releasing everyone else's expectations and what you're supposed to be doing to find what is yours. And I feel like for me, it was a coming home because on my journey of growing my business and being professional and wanting to get clients and wanting to be seen. And I, there's been many ways where I've made accommodations for based on what I thought everybody else would want. Mm. And I always find that the more I can just do me, the better things work. And so I feel like it's been really a coming home and a reclamation. It's like me going back and finding parts of myself and embracing them more and releasing everything else. Well, you have a great story, which I did know about your story before I invited you here. It's the reason I invited you here. So would you like to share your chapter two story? Is that where you put your your main story or is it threaded throughout? It's threaded throughout. It's all over the book. Uh, a, A huge part of my journey. So I'm a woman of color. I'm a first generation American. I'm Muslim American. I'm queer. I'm very queer. It's a big part of my identity. I'm an artist. Um, There's all sorts of ways. I'm neurodivergent. There's all sorts of ways in which I've been different Mm. or felt othered Mm -hmm. or didn't know where I belonged. And through this process of living my creative mission, in my case, growing my business, but not even that, even before that, I was an art educator in schools, um, helping people access their creativity. I started a nonprofit around mural painting. Throughout this whole process, I've been creating the communities that I always needed. 
and find creating the spaces where I belong. So a big part of my journey is about finding my place in the world as a queer woman of color, particularly as a queer Muslim American woman. Isn't it, it like it's dangerous to come out as a Muslim yes. woman? And I write about that. Can you explain that to our listeners who may not be familiar? Sure. I mean, there's homophobia in most religions and in a lot of society, especially in older generations. I'm stoked about the younger generation. They're so free. But that's a, in large part because of the work that our queer elders and even me for future generations have been doing to tell our stories, to come out of the closet. I want to say if anyone's listening to this and they're like closeted in some way, I have so much compassion for that journey because even me having grown an audience of thousands of people, I have been out in various degrees. I first came out to my best friend when I was in middle school and I didn't come out to my parents until like a few years ago. So, and I did that partially because I'm out here making an impact as a queer person and I'm very out online and I needed to obviously tell my family eventually because I was going to get back to them. But I grew up needing to, or feeling like I needed to lead a double life and mm. hide things and create the sec, you know, the blocked profiles and just make sure that my truth couldn't get escape my little bubble because it felt scary. Yeah. It felt it sent my inner child in a panic and you don't know what exactly will happen sometimes in certain families. It's not just Muslim families. I think Muslim families in particular, queerness is really not talked about. I mean, for me, sexuality was not really talked about hardly at all. And I know that doesn't just exist in Islam. Correct. And and one thing, like my kids, so my kids are, by the way, are 21 and and 24. And just just to give you context. So when my son was, I, I forget how old he was. I think when he was in high school, he asked me, what was the biggest change that has happened over the last 20 years? And he expected me to say, the internet. And I forget the exact question. It may even have been when he was a little younger than that. Like, but basically the biggest change in my lifetime. And it was not the internet. The biggest change in my lifetime that I saw, that I've seen is people's greater acceptance of homosexuality. Humongous Mm -hmm. change. So when I was in college, I had gay friends, but I didn't know they were gay, but I kind of did. It was people weren't in the closet. They were, I like to call it, some people were like in a glass shower, like they, you th- they think they were in the closet, but everyone can kind of see, but right. nobody talked about it because that was, you know, you don't say that and you don't stereotype because it was, it was considered bad and wrong. And then it shifted to like the more Seinfeld, well, not that there's anything wrong with it, but there's sort of like that undercurrent, well, maybe there is something wrong with it to all the way to when my daughter graduated high school in 20, was it 2015 when, when marriage became gay marriage became legal. That is a huge shift that I saw over that 20 years uh, or 30 years of people's attitudes. And um, I mean, I know we still have a long way to go, but yeah, my generation and the generation that came before me, it's a lot different than the, gener- as you said, the generation that's growing up now. Totally. And even in my generation, so I'm a card-carrying millennial, proud of it. And I did not realize until I came out 
to my dad, who's, you know, in his seventies now. And I told him I was queer and he was like, how could you call yourself that? That's to him. It was a derogatory term. And I didn't even know that. I did not realize that for him, his generation, it was a slur basically. Yeah. And it's been totally reclaimed by people. And now it's a term of empowerment and it's an umbrella term. And it's a very liberating term that I and so many of my community members feel really aligned with because it is, I personally don't identify as a lesbian. I identify as queer and it feels very fluid and open-ended and subversive. Even it feels like it has a political nature to it as well that I really resonate with. So yeah, I did not realize that when I first came out to my dad. And then once I did, I started looking into it a little bit more and it was very difficult to put into words to explain to him what that meant and Mm -hmm. have him understand. But yeah, it's, it's a revolution out here and I'm very proud of my queer identity. It feels like home. My queer community has felt like chosen family throughout my life. So yeah, it's, it's a lot of what's in the book also. And is your mother still with us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her, her reaction? Because you just mentioned your father. Yeah. So my dad is, uh, he's an Orthodox Muslim, prays five times a day. He's a lot more religious. I feel like as a Muslim, Muslim Americans, there's like various degrees of how strict you may be. I think I heard somewhere, maybe in Sunday school or something that if you believe in Allah, like enough, like a grain of sand, then you're like, good. And you're Muslim. You can call yourself a Muslim. And there's lots of rules and parameters of how you could be the best Muslim you can be, which depending on where you go and which mosque you're at is more and more for me, maybe divisive or homophobic. So let me just stick to the one question. So my mom, yes, she's Muslim, but she's like not anywhere as orthodox as my dad is. Okay. So they're very different. Side note, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada also. So there's that in the mix, okay. which is like very un-Islamic place in some ways. Um, and you still practice yeah. your religion or do, do, you, do you still That's make that? That's what I was going to say. Not like, not real. In some ways I do. And in some ways I don't. I think queer Muslims in general, we find our own ways to practice the religion. And there's so many expressions of what being a Muslim could look like for me, I could never disentangle it from my culture because in the parts of the world where I'm, where I come from, it is so embedded into the culture. Hmm. So yeah, I do practice in my own way. And at the same time, it looks absolutely nothing like what it looks like for my dad. I'm not sure if that answers your question, but I think it answers many questions. (laughs) Okay. So what is the title of your book? So my book is called Radiant Wild Heart. Current subtitle is A Sacred Rebel's Guide to Unleashing Your Inner Artist and Living Your Creative Mission, but that might get adjusted. Ooh, I like it. (laughs) And did you pick a cover? That was a big thing with with me and my publisher, the cover. (laughs) Tell me about your cover experience. I'm still in it on the cover right now. The very first round... I wanted to say to them, but I had like, I didn't was why are you even showing these to me? (laughs) They were just Uh so awful. 
And um, I had to show it to like three different people. Is it, is it just me being like picky? No, 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 no. Right. (laughs) Uh, You know, literally there was, and I, hopefully my, they're not listening actually. I hope Harper Collins doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I am very grateful for everything that they've done for me and the cover that we have now, I absolutely love, but Uh let's just say it's been a journey and we went through several rounds, but being an artist, I did know what I wanted. I didn't design the cover myself. I didn't want my art on it because I, so I coach artists, I teach artists Mm -hmm. art, but I really wanted my book to speak to people and not be specific to my artwork, but Mm -hmm. I still wanted it to feel like this is a book for artists and not just painters. Okay, totally. I hear that. Um, I'm curious, like, what did it end up as? Can you tell us? Or oh, is it yeah. A- so, at, at, yeah, the color, there's the color stories also were were very janky along the way. And at one point, I said, "No more serif fonts. I don't want Malcolm Gladwell. No glad Malcolm Gladwell fonts. No, ever show me a serif font. I yeah, can't. No it. serif fonts. Like that was one day I was like, no serif fonts. And then at one point I said, here are the Pantone colors that I want you to use. Wow. So and I gave them a bunch of different ones, and they did go a little bit variations from it. But in the end, we ended up with like some smoky teals with a uh, midnight blue and then there's like a pale yellow and the, it has a retro feel and I'm, I'm very proud actually of and is they- your picture on it no no is okay. yours no it's not but my friend's book just came out and her picture was on it i'm having i'm still in it with the cover the cover they gave me is beautiful and i'm there's just so many options in the land of covers and i'm i'm having a little bit of commitment phobia but i think what i have is great i'm now working on the colors for it the there's like an ombre situation going on the cover so i'm trying to figure out what that's going to look like it is a two color book so it's going to be colorful on the inside which me too I'm- Yay, you got two colors. I did. Nice. I have no idea what they're going to do with it, though. (laughs) Uh So you got two versus four. Yeah. 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 interior. You said two, right? I'm two. Yeah. I tried for four. I tried really hard. Did you? uh, No, I didn't. Um, They offered the two to me. I was like, great. And I didn't know to negotiate for anything else because I'm just, okay. Yay. (laughs) You (laughs) gave me a book deal. Great. I know. Right. A foot in the door. We'll take it. Right. Um, <laughs> now I'm asking for all kinds of things. It's like, can we do a sticker insert? <laughs> I asked for a sticker insert. Did you get one? I don't know yet. I only asked for today. I was like, can we get like a, a prefer, you know, because I want to give them stickers, but I don't want to have to do a fulfillment. I want it to just be part of the book. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. I literally asked for stickers too. I'm going to go back and, and check in about the stickers, yeah. but yeah. 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 <laughs> what, what kind of stickers did you have in mind? Well, I have a whole bunch of like icons that I use. I've got like a boom box and a palette and all sorts of little That's fun. So I have a sun cool. and all sorts of cute stuff. I'm going to say that you're getting it, even though you may not. Okay. <laughs> did you know that Hey House? <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So the cover is definitely going to be a process. And now I'm working on the interior art. So your art is going on the inside, I'm guessing. No, no, it's no? it's not. So that's what I wanted to know. It's like, well, you, you're offering me color, but what can we put in here? And like at first I wanted to do watercolor 
just very, again, I don't want it to be specific to me. My, my art, I, I don't think I could do it without four colors, right? right? I, I'm not a graphic designer. So there was some watercolor that I was turning into like grayscale and then turning into like a duo tone. So that would be mm -hmm. the two colors. And I'm not, I don't even understand the printing process, to be honest, like how sure. this works. Like the that, two color thing for people like us, it's hard to wrap our mind around. Exactly. No. <laughs> I don't really get it. So <laughs> I, I'm either going to let them do it or I might hire the graphic designer who I'm talking to about the stickers to like, it's basically just going to be repeating graphical elements from the cover because my cover has a lot of amorphous shapes on it that they can repeat throughout the book just to give it some color and visual interest. So very cool. I just don't um, want it to look when they when you open it up. I don't want it to it is a business book, but I don't want it to look like a business book. Oh, I didn't realize it was a business book. Oh, That's yeah, awesome. It's HarperCollins. <laughs> like, well, <laughs> what's the imprint is the business. It's HarperCollins cool. leadership. So they do business. And what's books. it called? Artpreneur. Artpreneur. I freaking love that. So good. Yeah. I have, we're in talks with various illustrators. So I sent them my wish list for custom artworks to be made based on what I told them. So I, I went through a process after the book was done to go through each chapter and envision artworks that I want someone to make for me. Neat. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. I can't believe our books are coming out at the same time. I know. We're going to have a party. A party or something. <laughs> we can do like a, um, like a IG live stream thing, you oh, know, 100%. where it shows up on both of our feeds and yeah. we toast our yeah. books or something. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> so, Very awesome. Yeah. I don't know what the exact date is that my book is going to go. I think I should know that. That's like knowing your due date. Did they tell you it has to be on a Tuesday? No. I was told that all the books are on Tuesday. Oh, they they tell me nothing. <laughs> Actually, I was told it was going to be October, and then they pushed it, which is why I got more pissy when this when I saw this other person sail in ahead of me and a year ahead of me. Like I just think she was a better negotiator. Just like I, you know, I said I didn't know to negotiate ready, for though? things. No like way. for me, I'm down to the wire. I need all the time I Same. can get. And I'm telling you, I'm like rewriting whole sections of it. You know, like the, the when first of all, when the edits came back, I don't know if you had this, Shireen, but I did work with a private editor while I was creating the chapters because I knew it was my first time and I didn't want to be embarrassed when I handed it in. Of course, you cannot save yourself from that embarrassment. <laughs> what right. happened is like when they got their hands on it and it came back and it was so heavily commented and so redlined, I just went in and cried for a few days. You I, did? I, I did. loved the edits. I'm so long-winded and I could write a hundred pages, no problem. And I love someone coming in and marking it up and just like, I'm not sentimental about it. And I still went through and rewrote a lot because my issue is that who I was eight months ago is not who I am now. Furthermore, True. I wanted it to sound like how I talk. And so I think I've been working on this book for so long because I've been actually learning how to write, not in an academic way, which is where my background comes from. So I've had to rewrite and just make it sound more me. And mm. I am nervous now that I sent in this round of edits. I think I get one more, but I can it's got to be minimal changes that I can make. And 
I keep wanting to rewrite the whole book. I wrote, I sent them like four different proposals of four different books oh my gosh. to figure out what this book was about because I could write about so many different things. Well, what, the reason I started crying is not because I'm so precious with my words or even thought that they were so good. It was more the other way around is that I had so much imposter syndrome while writing it. So when the when yeah. all those edits came back, it was like my my inner imposter was like, see, mm. you're not worthy of writing a book. And you like, who are you to think you could write a book? But then after I had some space and time and was able to look at the comments and edits neutrally, in other words, I stopped reading them to myself in a sarcastic, mean voice. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I was doing. Like all the comments I was reading to myself. So it was like mean girl voice and just read, looked at everything neutral. I saw that they were right about like 98% of everything that I was given. I was like, okay, yeah, I can see how this story uh-huh. does not serve. I see how this section undermines my entire point. Um, uh-huh. I see how I didn't provide enough here. So, and they, did they send you? Cause hey, my editor has been great at Hay House and she sent me there were some moments of affirmation in there in the comments then. And those really carried me through. Not only were there moments of affirmations, but there were like silly jokes about puns and various things. No, I got none of that. <laughs> so <and> actually, <laughs> I had, really carried me through. I had two editors. So one editor or three, I mean, there was the acquisitions editor who bought, who bought the book. I thought she was the one who's going to edit a book. She was not, she did not, she got, so she put out, Rachel Rogers books, mm-hmm. book. so she got promoted because like that was a huge book. And then it was handed to somebody and then she handed it to somebody else who did all those edits. And then, but then I mostly worked with this third person who was very kind with me. And also it was really great because as I said earlier, I, I, she had a different perspective because she's 10 years younger than me. She's a black woman and she just had was able to bring in different insights and a different perspective to the book than even that first editor did. So um, I'm just very grateful that I have now so many points of view to help make my book be richer and reach more people with the message in the way I intended it and and to totally. remove some of those maybe blind spots that I might have had about it. Yeah, it's such a blessing to have a whole team. that can help make the book great because I could have self-published it, but I love having all of the support and people who know how to make great books to help me through this first one. So here's my question. Mm. Now that you're, now that we're like almost at the place where we can let this baby out to the world and we've laughed and cried and bled all over these pages, would you do it again? Do you, I knew want you to were going to ask me. You know, it's kind of like when you're all right. So you don't have it. You know, I assume you don't have children. Is that right? No. Is that a correct assumption? Okay. Yes. So there's this thing after you give birth where a woman has all these hormones that make them have amnesia, and that is a like a biological feature that not to remember at how horrible pregnancy and childbirth is because we would never have more children again. And I'm sure it's going to be the same thing with this book thing. Like right now, I feel like I'm I'm still a little bit raw from the whole thing. Like I'm not sure I'm ready to have a second child yet. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you ask me that a year, 18 months from now when the book is really out in the world, then yes. But I, I'm not even sure what it is that I would say next to you. Yeah, unfortunately, I have like three books ready to go. (gasps) 
oh, that's right. You wrote all those proposals. Well, that's not an unfortunately. Why would that be an unfortunately? (laughs) Because it's hard and it's painful and it's a struggle to write these books, but I want to keep doing it. Good for you. That's great. (laughs) It's my inner masochist perhaps, but yes, I do want to do it again. I don't know when, but I'm hoping that this book I think this book was more difficult to write because of the subject matter. Mm. And it really forced me to go into my coming out journey and all my experiences that led me to be able to do this work. Um, But I think the next ones that I want to write will be a lot easier to write now that I got this first one out of the way. And I really felt that on last Friday when I submitted my edits, it's like, after I, re- I had to go through and reread the whole thing again, because I just needed to, because I was mm-hmm. freaking out. I was like, oh, this is going to go out into the world and my story and my parents are going to read it. And my extended judgy family members are going to read it. And I got to make sure this is what I want to say. And Meanwhile, then I did- all the things we worry about, like half the things we worry about never happen. Right. I mean, but this will happen in, in a sense, like I told you that I've been hiding the, my truth from yeah. my extended yeah. family members yeah. that would not be accepting. So mm-hmm. um, they're finally going to hear that. And uh, again, that inner panic, that inner child panic mm-hmm. that like, you can't really turn off, I don't think, or maybe one day I will be able to, maybe once this book comes out. Um, but yeah, so I, I reread the whole thing. And so is it in it. copy edit right now? Copy edits. Mm-hmm. That's where mine just got went, went to copy editing too, but there's still things I want to change. It was like I sent Same. a message. I sent a message. I don't like the way we we ended this thing. Um, we really need to see some say something uplifting here. <laughs> like I love that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trusting in the universe. But yeah, I really felt different once I once I wrapped it up and sent it in. I felt like. I felt the book close mm. and I felt the next one open. Mm. Do you feel you've evolved as a person for, from having written a book? Because I definitely feel I have. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm that was excited. the whole point, right? Is to like evolve. Yeah. It's so interesting. This book journey, there's like so much more to it than just writing a book. The actual process of getting your thoughts down and going over it and turning it into a work of art. Yes. And like, there's so many things like I know to be true and then to say it in a way that it resonates with people. And then also sometimes you can't just make these, like when we go on podcasts, you could say pretty much whatever you want. Nobody's saying, where's the research on that? Right. <laughs> I'm like, my editor's like, well, where's the research on that? I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to ask auntie Google right now. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had to do some research, but we were probably researching the same thing, which is that accessing your creativity helps you in every area of your life. That's what a lot of my research that I was finding. Mm, so no, my, a lot of my research is, was about, so I had to talk about, you know, overcoming starving artist mindset. And one part right. in particular, this is the part I want to change. So I, I'll just talk about it right now. So one part I talked about is I noticed with my clients that women of color have even harder time overcoming it than my other clients. Like they had what I call poverty mindset. Mm-hmm. So we we dug a lot into that. We dug in my book, I dig, I say we, because it's feel, at this point, it feels like it's not just my work anymore. It's collaboration. But 
Mm -hmm. I dug a lot into what we talked about earlier about how important it is to lean into your values to sell your art because you connect with people, but also even when you want to make a business out of it, the conscious consumer is somebody who really cares about your values and mm. they want authentically what you have to say. So in your art, whether your art is writing or music or poetry or painting, what or it's a digital form or you know, there's so many different ways we express ourselves, but they also just want to know the artist. Mm. So that was so why it was so important for me to have you on this podcast. I, you know, I really like to bring different voices in the art world. It is such a, not just the art world, but we see so many successful white men and we all know the names of Picasso and Renoir, but not Edmonia Lewis or Julia Moretu or Alice Neal. So to and the coaching world is also very white and male. So to have to platform people and so that Shireen, people can look at people like you and I, and we're not flukes, and we want them to know they're not flukes either. One hundred percent. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And that's definitely something that I wrote about too is that when you tell your story, your real story, and you come out of the closet mm. and you say who you really are and what your values are and what you love to do, you're going to attract the right people where you don't have to yes. hide anymore yes. because the people that you have to hide in front of are not your people. And at the end of the day, I would rather live my truth than appease other people's bigotry or homophobia or whatever. But yeah, in terms of my work with entrepreneurs, I definitely focus and center voices of women of color, which is not something that I always did because I had my own decolonization work to do on myself. And I came into the business space and I was trained by lots of white coaches, business coaches in particular, who never emphasized leading with their values or mm -hmm. leading me leading, encouraged me to do that. And I replicated some of these systems and my clientele, the makeup of it did not represent what actually matters to me and who I want to be serving and even just a reflection of who I am. And that was a really hard thing for me to look at and to see that I too was not speaking to even just people like myself. I found I had the same awakening. So yeah. that when I realized not only was my community not diverse, but they didn't even represent me. Like it wasn't like there were a bunch of Miriams that I was working with. So it was, it was a wake up call. Like I'm not sharing my values. Right. I'm not sharing yeah. who I am. And, and it, it didn't feel good for me no. either. <laughs> I was feeling like I had to cross my own boundaries and people were very entitled and I felt like I had to perform and I had to be perfect. And now my programs are super diverse. There's majority BIPOC. There's a huge contingent of queer people as well. I would consider it the most, one of the most diverse programs in the industry. And there's a lot of people who fall into both categories and it feels so good. And it feels, it, I, I cried before when I was realizing that I wasn't speaking to myself and I had othered myself in this process. And so that's a lot of what my 
book journey has been about too is just talking to the people who are right there who want to be spoken to who are not getting spoken to and in the process choosing myself as well yeah that's wonderful and just also i don't know about you but for me it was also writing to that earlier self like the mm-hmm. book that i wish i had oh yeah 100% yeah all right so I love talking to you. We like went way over that time that I set for myself. Yeah. (laughs) Now I know you have a quiz that is like would be super powerful for the creatives listening. We didn't really talk too much about these elemental archetypes. So can you tell people what this quiz is about? I I know my listeners love personality quizzes. We all love a personality quiz. So do I. So the elemental archetype is basically about your specific way that you manifest your creative mission. Your creative mission is where your creativity and your purpose meet. And what I found in all the work that I do with creatives and with entrepreneurs is that we all don't manifest things in the same way. And so this is going to help you figure out what are your strengths? What are the challenges? What are the gifts? So that you can work in a way that's really in harmony with who you truly are so that you can find your creativity and use it to make the world a better place. Oh, that's great. Okay. So you can find that quiz at radiantwildheart.com forward slash quiz. And don't worry, we will link to that in the show notes, as well as all the places that you can find Shireen Sun so that you can search for her and wherever you hang out. Where do you hang out? I hang out on Instagram, but I'm setting the intention to get my butt over to TikTok. <laughs> so both. But I'm I am all too, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not so sure. It's like I'm stepping into the like this pool over there. I, I'm putting stuff over there, but I'm, I don't know how committed I I'm am excited. yet. I'm excited. Are you? I think okay. it's going to be fun. Yeah. I've got lots of thoughts on, on why. So if anyone wants to join me over on TikTok. Okay. So. And what's your handle on, on, is it also Radiant on Wild every, Heart? Everywhere everything? it's Radiant Wild Heart. Mm-hmm. Perfect. All right. I will check Art, you the out. The business, the TikTok, the Instagram, Radiant Wild okay. Heart. Okay. All the of book. those places. <laughs> okay. Yes. All right. And don't forget, if you like this episode, I would love to have you inside the Artist Incubator program. You'll get access to all the lessons, all the training, all the research, all the most up-to-date strategies that have been working for my artists and for me inside this program. You do not have to wait for my book. My book is not coming out till 2023, and I would love to give you all the strategies right now. And not only that, but beyond the strategies, you'll get the coaching as well as the accountability to see how you should apply it. So I would love to have you inside the program. To get started, you can have experience my free masterclass. It also comes with the free ebook. Go to shulmanart.com forward slash sell more art. Sharin, do you have any last words for our listeners before we call this podcast complete? I just want to remind everyone to stop caring what everyone else thinks and do what you love. And that that's really going to help you find your purpose and your creative mission in the world. I'm so glad you're here. You're definitely going to come back somehow, some way with that new <laughs> book. Yes. High five. All right. Thank you so much for being with me here. All right, my friends, thank you so much for being with us here today. We'll see you the same time, same place next week. Stay inspired. Thank you for listening to the Inspiration Place podcast. 
connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course on shulmanart.com. 